Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program today, and thank you for joining us. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website, www.cloroxhealthcare.com, to learn more about how keeping environments safer is essential with Clorox Healthcare. Today, we have joining us is our guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones, Marketing Manager, Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics Incorporated, a fairing company. Courtney is here today to discuss the microbiome, C. difficile infections, clinical trials during COVID-19, the global pandemic. And at this time, we'd like to introduce and welcome our guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones, to the program. Welcome, Courtney, and thanks for being with us here today. Oh, thank you for having me, Nancy. I really appreciate it. Well, not as much as we appreciate your time and taking, you know, the time out to be here with us and, and share all this exciting information with our listeners and especially all the educational information that you have. And would you like to um, give a brief introduction about the company, Rebiotics, the fairing company, um, to our global listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. And as, as you mentioned, I'm excited today, too, to cover a, a whole litany of topics. Um, so I'm hoping that by the end, uh, you and I will have had a really good discussion about the microbiome, um, how it plays into the future vision for C. diff, and then um, kind of how we stand today, because obviously the world is a much different place um, now that we have COVID-19 in play. So um, so to start out, though, um, I can give you a brief background. So as you mentioned, my name is Courtney. Uh, I work for a company called Rebiotics, which is part of Fairing Pharmaceuticals. And we've been in the microbiome arena for quite a long time, trying to find ways to meet unmet medical needs through harnessing the power of the human microbiome. And we say microbiome a lot at our company, um, and we, we think that we know what it means, <laughs> but for the, the purposes of today's discussion, I'd like to define it a little bit so we all understand and are on the same page. So when we're talking about the microbiome, or when we say microbes or microbiota, we see all of these words in the news, and they, they're pretty flashy, and they're a good catchphrase, but what do they actually mean? Um, so in the context of the microbiome, the microbiome is looking at all of the different things that live within us and on us. It could be bacteria, it could be fungi, it could be protozoa, it could be viruses, it could be phages, uh, and all of these things are the, make up the community that is on and in the human body. So you can think of ourselves as like a human rainforest um, or a human planet. We rock, walk around with an incredible diversity in and on our bodies all the time. Most of the time, we don't notice that it's even there, which is pretty amazing. And most of these things are not visible to the naked eye. When we talk about microbiota, it's slightly different when we're talking about the specific organisms um, and the microbes is the same thing. They're the specific organisms within this arena. But the microbiome encompasses all of it. It's, it's the organisms, it's their food, it's their waste products, and it's their interactions with themselves and with us. Um, I think this is a really exciting arena. Obviously, I've been in it for <laughs> quite a long time. Um, I've been with the company now for just over eight and a half years. And I can tell you, Nancy, when we started, the field was 
just beginning, um, and it's it's exploded since then. So there's an, a tremendous amount of research um, in this in this space. There's also a huge number of companies that are trying to look at harnessing the power of the microbiome as well for for different therapeutics. Um, there's different companies that are are specifically looking at how to categorize the microbiome in and of itself. Um, so there's a lot of different things that are going on. There's physicians that are really interested in this. There's government organizations that are really interested in this. And it all circulates around how does this ecosystem that we carry around with us influence our lives. Um, so this has been a, an amazing place to be, and there's so much that we have yet to learn. Um, and as you and I have talked about in the past, it has a big impact potentially on human health, uh, which is the, the specialty that I have. So our company, um, Rebiotics and Faring, um, as a parent company, are looking at what it means to basically make medicine out of microbes. And this is not a new concept. Um, it's actually been around um, since the 3rd or 4th century um, where people were trying to utilize the healthy Amazon rainforest of microbes from, from healthy people to treat someone that's sick. And so there's a lot of things that we'll get to later in the program that will help us understand how we're doing that today so that we can potentially bring something new to the medicine arena to potentially help some patients. Thank you so much, Courtney, for all that information. Uh, I know that it's really educational. Uh, it's very cutting edge. It's new. And like you said, um, the words, the microbes, microbiota, microbiome, what do they mean? Thanks so much for defining them to us. And Courtney, um, in general, what is some of the science focused on studying the microbiome? Yeah, so... Um, I'll talk generally about it, then I'll tell you where we fit in in particular. Um, so I think one of the one of the most interesting arenas that that the science is looking at is what is our microbiome actually made of. Um, so again, really similar to that rainforest or that that gut garden perspective. There's a lot of different organisms that are within us and that are on our bodies that we actually don't know anything about. Um, and simply it's because they don't do the same things that we would think of in traditional microbiology, so you can't grow them on a Petri dish, as an example, because they live in very specific conditions, or they can only thrive if, if they're among other microbes that help them, them grow. So um, we've heard a lot about um, DNA extraction. It sounds very Jurassic Park, but that DNA component is actually telling us this whole story about where, what is living on us, where, and what they live around, and what they do. Um, so there's tons of different types of microbes um, that live within us and on us, and they all serve different functions, and we're learning a lot about that. Uh, so the DNA component is one important piece. There's also uh, a component called the metabolome, um, which looks at the metabolites or the, the outputs of microbes and how they interact with our, our bodies. Um, one of the things that I hear about a lot is different microbes that produce um, either chemical signatures or different things like that that then cause inflammation if they're present in too much of, a, of an abundance. So if they overtake the gut garden, what do they look like and what do they do? And those become actual clinical signals that we can then see in the healthcare arena. So 
So where my company comes into play and what we're researching right now um, is in particular when that Amazon rainforest of our gut, the most densely populated uh, microbe center of our bodies, changes for any reason, whether it's injury or if it's antibiotic use or, or some stressor that changes that diversity. So like a forest fire, it comes and wipes out the gut microbiome. What happens next? And what, what illnesses come with that? And, and later on today, we'll talk a little bit about C. diff and, and how that comes into play because that's my area of specialty at this point. Um, but it's really that change in the diversity and that change in the gut garden, if you will, um, that allows new things to come in that, that then change the way that we feel. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, if, if everything is good with your ecology of your microbiome, if, if your Amazon rainforest is good, you typically don't even notice that it's there. But when it does change, there's options for it to make you feel better or worse. And what does that look like? Um, so that's where we come into play. And in particular, looking at the change in the gut microbiome and then how that plays into C. diff um, to either allow C. diff to continue and to, to cause re infections or recurrences, or is there a way potentially to harness that microbiome and that rainforest and put it back and maybe change the outcome of an infection. So that, to me, is a really exciting place that we're in today, and, and that's where we focus. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Courtney, for explaining and for sharing that information with our global listeners. And, Courtney, we have three minutes before we pause for a commercial break. And at this time, would you be able to share with the listeners about, the, we say the microbiome, is there only a gut microbiome? Are there other microbiomes in our body? That is a really good question. No, the, the gut microbiome actually gets the most attention, but it's not the only one. And we find new versions of it every single day. So um, it turns out that there is a very complex oral microbiome, so in our mouths, which makes a lot of sense because not only is that close to the surface of our body, but it's also where food goes. So whatever is on the food is also carried into our bodies that way. And that's the start of digestion. So there's different um, organisms that live there that help change the food so we can actually absorb it. And then there's also skin microbiomes. Um, so the different places on your skin can have different compositions. So your hand is different than the bottom of your foot, as, as an example. And for those of you that are, are listening, one of the greatest places that you can go to learn about these different microbiomes of your body and what research has been done that has been really exciting to learn about it is actually the Human Microbiome Project. And so that was a, a huge effort that had lots of different scientists and, and physicians collaborating on it to sample different parts of the body to really understand how different or how similar these sites are. And it's, it's incredible. And we're going to learn more as time goes on. As I mentioned, this field has really changed even in the last eight years. Um, but that Human Microbiome Project was a huge inspiration for a lot of folks. And it was the, just the start of, of seeing where microbiomes existed on the body, and then what could we do with that information? Can we, can we change health outcomes? Can we change research? What can we learn um, that is really driven by these tiny organisms? So it, I think it's an amazing thing. And we each have it, it which is wonderful. Exactly. And I'm sure each one 
uh, you know, for like each individual. They're also very different with each person. And Courtney, we're going to pause right now for our first commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the microbiome, C. diff, and clinical trials during COVID-19 with our guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with our special guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones, Marketing Manager, Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics, a fairing company. Courtney is here discussing with us the microbiome C. diff clinical trials during COVID-19, and at this time, we'd like to welcome Courtney Jones back to the program. Welcome back, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. Oh, you're so welcome. And for our listeners just joining us at this time, um, Courtney, would you mind recapping uh, the basics about the microbiome that we discussed in uh, early, right before the commercial? Sure. So just really briefly, um, the microbiome is a really exciting topic, not only for science, but also for the healthcare arena. And it's becoming very popular as, as we go forward in time. And it's a very complex topic. So we as humans carry around different microbiomes on different locations of our body. And my specialty and what Faring and Rebiotics focus on is 
what is it about the gut microbiome that is so special? Um, how does that modulate our human health on a daily basis? And in particular, and what I'm excited to talk to you about next, is how does the microbiome of the gut play into C. diff? And what can we do with that information? Um, and can we potentially find some new ways to address C. diff as an unmet medical need? Okay. And Courtney, what exactly have we learned about the potential of the microbiome? I'm really glad that you asked that because uh, I think this is the part that is like the open-ended statement of the entire arena. So we've learned a little bit, but there's so much more to go in terms of the potential. So one of the most popular things that you see in the news is when the gut microbiome is changed to try to address a, a disease. So Recently, we've talked about um, or have seen a lot of news articles about fecal microbiota transplantation, and the principle of that is that you take the gut microbiome of a healthy person and you move it to the gut microbiome of a sick person. Um, it's most commonly seen today in C. diff patients, uh, but the research that I see that comes across my desk actually sees a bunch of different disease states. And the results that come out of that are really important and really critical. Um, and there's different groups, myself included, that are looking at being able to provide microbiome-based therapeutics in a standardized way um, so that physicians would have them accessible just like a prescription. Um, and the, the work that goes behind that uh, drives a lot of our understanding of what the potential is. So what we've seen and what the research has shown us today is that if you do change the microbiome, you can potentially impact a disease state. And the most common one, and what I'd really like to talk to you about today, is how that's happened in C. diff and where we've come in the last, you know, 10 years or so of this research being done and how excited we are to be able to actually make a difference in this community. Thank you so much, Courtney, because that's the thing, making a difference. And yes, you have, and we have all come a long way in 10 years. And Courtney, how is the, how is this becoming um, an invention for solving human health problems, particularly C. diff? Yeah. So, so when you think about medicine, it's something that you can either buy at the store or that's prescribed to you. Um, by a physician or a doctor or a nurse that says, this is, this is what you need to do to change the way that you feel. So if you have a headache, you take a, an aspirin or you take a, a pain reliever. And if you have um, a different condition, you take a different medicine. And all of those things have been studied to try to address that particular problem. So there's been lots of people that have volunteered to participate in a study that then drove the data that then allowed somebody to say this works for, for this group of people. So this medicine works for this group of people. And while technically the microbiome has been in play like a medicine for a while, really looking at it and studying it in the same context of trying to solve an unmet medical need is relatively new. So so C. diff is a perfect example because there's a, there's a high unmet need here and there's a lot of people, it's not just patients, but there's a lot of people that are, are impacted by it. So patients are, their families are, and their healthcare providers are too. Because um, as you know, Nancy, a lot of patients or a lot of people that have C. diff often get it again. 
So their healthcare providers see them over and over again, and they just want to find a solution for it. So that has inspired an entire arena of people working to try to turn the, the concept of a microbiome as a medicine into a reality. That's what I work on. That's how we run our clinical trials. Um, and that's all well and good, but it really comes down to the people and why we're doing this in the first place. So, um, you know, I see as a company um, a lot of things that are data-driven, but you don't see the faces behind it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we like working with you so much and the CDF Foundation, because you really help us understand what it means to have C. diff. And, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, Nancy, but um, both my aunt and my grandmother had C. diff. We didn't know what it was at the time, um, but their course of action was to take antibiotics and, and they got it again. Uh, and it was, a, it was a terrible process that was extremely painful and there had to be something different that we, that we could do. So that was an inspiration for... Um, being part of this company and, and be trying to find something different that we could bring to the table, but it really comes back to the patient. Um, and so that, that impact is sometimes not conveyed well in the research that comes out, but that's the most important thing that we can possibly think about. Exactly. And it's so true, Courtney, the patients, their families, uh, and like you mentioned, the physicians and, why why are rebiotics inferring, among others, trying to use the microbiome to solve the challenges of C. diff, Courtney? Yeah. So so we see, just as I, as I mentioned earlier, we see C. diff as a challenge because we see data points. And yes, we have interactions with, with folks like you, but we see data that says this is a really big problem and it's going to be an even greater problem. Um, as time goes on and as the population ages and as our use of antibiotics goes up. Um, so we really thought that if we wanted to preserve the power of antibiotics, because they are really important to being able to do um, a lot of things for human health, if we wanted to preserve that power but also find new options for moving forward, the microbiome might be a good place to start. Um, and C. diff is special in that there's been a lot of work done in that already. Um, so you have small groups of patients that have been studied under a particular physician or you have small clinical trials that have shown there's some, there's some possibility there. And so, you know, with our expertise and uh, us along with the rest of the, the groups that are working on this and the other companies that are working on this, we saw an opportunity to really do some good. Um, and it, it comes down to understanding that people that have C. diff or that have had family members that have had C. diff, um, particularly those that get caught in the recurrent cycle where the infection just comes back over and over again no matter what you do, there's not a lot of opportunity to find something different. And the standard of care, which is, is antibiotics, ends up becoming a lifestyle and that's not good enough for us. So we were trying to get out and trying to find an opportunity, and the microbiome showed a lot of promise for that. Um, and so actually, let's, let's flip the script a little bit, Nancy. Um, I, I, I just told you that one of the things as a, a pharmaceutical company that we see a lot is data, but what's more important and what we don't get a lot of visibility to is 
the face of the patient or the face face of the family or the face of the physician that that does the work and is on the front lines every day. So what I was hoping, um, if you don't mind, is if you could help me understand more about what you hear from your listeners, what you've had in your own experience, and and help me and the rest of the, the industry understand more about what C. diff really does to a person's life. Um, I think that's where we we could always use more education, and, and that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, thanks, Courtney. Um, yes, you are flipping it, um, the table, turning the <laughs> tables on us. <laughs> and uh, many do know, many don't know. Yes, um, I'm myself a three-time survivor, C. diff survivor. We speak with a lot of patients and their families who call into the C. diff foundation, uh, speak to the triage nurses, and, and they're they're suffering, they're confused, Um C. diff infections, especially, Courtney, as you know, with recurrent C. diff, uh, it is not only frustrating, um, it is, it, it's very confusing. The pain an individual goes through, the suffering, it's a multifaceted level of losses. Um, they lose their ability, patients lose their ability to go out and socialize. So we end up with um, isolation. They lose their ability to control elimination. Uh, I used to say, if you want to take me out of the house, there better be a Porter Johnny on the back of my car. You just cannot get away from the restroom. And you lose the ability for to be independent. Uh, and then you lose your employment which leads to loss of medical benefits. And then you lose, you know, you, you look for support. Um, but the thing that we found is you want to make sure the patients and families need to gain support by validated, by professionals who can validate and have the correct information. There's nothing worse than being ill and receive the wrong information as you can only imagine and the you know the patients that we speak to um they're not it's more than depression courtney it's just they're at their wits end you know when you've had uh c diff for a year uh i had nine reoccurrences in one year right now through the guidelines and through the miraculous, um, you know, clinical trials and and through the research and development, there are more options out there, and there have been a, a couple of new medications on the shelf for physicians to utilize and treat C. difficile and recurrent C. diff with now than there was ten years ago, and mm-hmm. these are so important. You know, they're so important for the patients, for the families. And, you know, we just, um, we can't thank you and Faring and Rebiotics and the other companies who are researching and developing and clinical trialing the, in, you know, the, um, the products and the treatments available at this time, you know, in, in clinical trials. So we applaud all of what everyone is doing to help these patients and families. So I hope that gives you some information about what the patients and families, what they verbalize to us. 
It does, and and I think you ask anybody in this field, not just in the in the rebiotics or fairing teams, but outside of it, that's the reason why there's so much effort going into this development of these different investigational drugs. That's why we're doing the research. That's why these clinical trials, which I'm excited to talk to you about next, are so important um, because it's those voices and those stories and, and that courage of bringing this forward that makes all the difference. There isn't a reason to address something if, if nobody sees it or nobody hears about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really the, the work that you've done, that the patients have done to advocate for themselves and for the physicians to bring this up and say, my, my people are suffering and this is really rough and we need some help that causes all this innovation to come down the line. So on, on behalf of everybody that works in this arena, both from rebiotics and fairing and outside of that, I really appreciate your stories and I hope you keep telling them because they're, they're incredibly important. Um, well, and that's the reason why I come to work every day. So. Exactly. And that's the reason why the C2 Foundation is here to help. And we appreciate that too, Courtney. And at this time, we are going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we will continue discussing the microbiome, C. diff, and clinical trials during COVID-19 with our guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. To help support the C. diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. 
For additional information on handwashing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. Diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have our special guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones, Marketing Manager, Senior Project Manager from Rebiotics and a Fairing Company. And Courtney's here discussing the microbiome, C. diff, and clinical trials during COVID-19. We welcome Courtney back to the program. Thanks for joining us today, Courtney. Happy to be here. Well, thank you. And that makes all of us. And, you know, Courtney, you've shared so much information with us. And here we are, you know, before the commercial, it was very nice to discuss about how the patients and how C. diff, unfortunately, impacts the patients, families and their physicians. And now, you know, if you wouldn't mind recapping the unmet needs of the patients, healthcare providers and their families, we'd really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so what we had a chance to talk about, which I'm, I'm so pleased that we, we went into the level of detail that we did, is just what C. diff does to people. And the people that are listening to the radio show has either had happened to them directly or they've seen it happen to their family or friends. And what we know is that this is an infection. It's got horrible consequences. It can cause life-threatening issues. Um, and we know that it's really challenging for everyone. It's isolating. Um, it's, it can cause people to lose their jobs and lose their health insurance. And sometimes they get stuck in a, in a cycle of recurrence that becomes a lifestyle. And, and you just end up having a lot of issues um, and not being able to leave the house, as you spoke to, Nancy. And so I think that all comes back to what we're talking about when we say unmet medical need. There's a group of people, yourself included, that have been impacted by this. My own family has been impacted by this infection. And there's got to be an opportunity to be able to bring something different to the table. So how do we do that? Um, So we've talked a lot about the microbiome and we've talked about antibiotics. What makes something available to get in front of people? And I'm glad that we have a chance to talk about this with your listeners today because it might shed some light on how a medicine goes from an idea to a prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, the best part about it is that it comes down to safety and what we're asked to do as the, the people with the idea um, to make a convincing argument uh, to the FDA, who is their first and foremost concern is patient safety as well, to make a convincing argument as to why this should be something um, that is available to, to the world. So... Exactly. And Uh, Courtney, when it comes to making a microbe into medicine for C. diff, what needs to be studied and how does the medicine go from an idea to a prescription? That's a really good question. So so first and foremost is you need to do the research. Um, So we, we started out by doing not only literature reviews, which is very important because it looks at what has been studied before, but we also did a lot of boots on the ground interviewing with people to say, what do you see with C. diff? What do you see as a major challenge? Um, have you ever heard of the microbiome before? What do you know about it? We talked to people that were experts in their field that had worked with the microbiome before as a potential option for their C. diff patients, got their insights, and then we went to the bench and we started working on, on the science there. Um, 
And with all of that, we we basically made a data package that we brought forward to the FDA, and we said, dear FDA, we think that this is something that might be important. We'd like to develop uh, our idea into something that can be used in a clinical study. Um, what do we need to do from there? And so... Um, that's, that's really how this works. So when there's a medicine that's available to you um, for uh, over-the-counter or that your physician has in their office that they can hand out, generally those are things that have gone through a really extensive study. And that was an idea that somebody had uh, at one point in time. So penicillin is a great example. That's a really famous example. It was an idea, um, and it was taken forward um, made into something that was available to everybody and it was studied extensively. And now we know that it's in our arsenal of things that we can use to try to treat human illness. So the same is is true for the microbiome. There's no easy path. Um, There's nothing that we can um, short circuit and we wouldn't want to because it is so new. Um, And this is is what we have to do to take the idea forward and and make it uh, something that can be used by a physician um, outside of the context of a clinical clinical trial. Okay. Thanks so much for explaining that, Courtney. Uh, and Courtney, what do companies look for in your clinical studies? Sure. So first and foremost, um, we're, we're asked to look at safety, and that's along every single path of the process. So typically when you're looking at developing something from an idea to a prescription, um, you have a couple of different stages that you have to go through. Uh, usually it's called, there's a preclinical stage where you're looking at things like animal models or things like that. Then there's a phase one study, which is generally fairly small. Um, phase two studies, you could do one or more. Those are a little bit larger. And then there's phase three studies and some, sometimes phase fours. Um, but all of those trials are focused on looking at the safety of the product and then how well it works for what you're trying to study. Um, all of those data um, and the designs of the trials and and the people that participate in them become the driving force behind whether or not something is safe to be available on the market. And this is this is hugely important. Um, it protects consumers, but it also makes sure that we don't get lost um, in in the current things that we have and that we don't do any more development. Um, and that we don't try to find new options. If that was the case, we wouldn't have progressed very far in medicine at all. Um, but this is an avenue for people to to basically take the initiative to try to, to do the research and do the study to really understand, is there an opportunity to, to make something new? So that's what we're doing with the microbiome at this point in time. Um, and I'd be happy to tell you a little bit about what we look at in terms of um, the clinical trials and how that works. Um, if, if that would be of use to your listeners. Absolutely. And also, if you can explain about the participants and, and the requirements, that would be great, Courtney. Sure. So um, first, I'll, I'll advocate for everybody that's interested to make sure to check out clinicaltrials.gov. And so what this is is a listing of clinical trials that are out there right now. Um, that are trying to solve for a particular medical challenge. And so some of these clinical trials are run by companies like myself and and the ones that we have ongoing at this point in time, and some of them are run by physicians or institutions. All of these are people trying to to problem solve, um, to bring forward 
opportunities or solutions for unmet medical needs. And there's a lot of them in C. diff. Um, and, and there are more and more every day that are looking at the microbiome as an opportunity. But that's a great resource to go look at um, to understand where trials are, what the parameters are. And a lot of us include the criteria um, that's required for clinical study participants. Um, participating in a clinical trial often gets a bad rap. Um, people believe that they're not really people and that they're just lab rats. And I'm here to tell you that we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do without the participants. Um, so the people that volunteer their time and their lives and, and are able to see the potential for some of these things um, and how it could help patients beyond themselves and people beyond themselves is the entire reason why we've been able to be in existence for eight years and why I hope that we're able to continue to move forward um, with the development that we're doing. Um, so these, these folks, um, when if you're interested in a trial, um, typically you can ask your physician about it. They'll walk you through um, all of the criteria. The, the, what you'll hear about is inclusion and exclusion criteria, and those are basically parameters that are set up to make sure that the, the person that wants to participate is going to be safe within the trial or is at least going to be looked at from a safety perspective. Um, all companies do this. Um, it's really important to read those closely um, because those are the things that are, are critical to understand. Um, and then it, most, of the, most of the time what you'll get are, uh, page, are participants that then get special access to the clinical sites and constant monitoring um, pre and post delivery of the investigational product. So what we do, for example, is that we have follow-up visits um, that are constant with our participants that the, the clinical site does. Um, they connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. They make sure that you have everything that you need. We have lots of different pieces of information that we collect, and all of those are driving back to whether or not the, the treatment is safe and effective. Now, Trials also are asked sometimes to be what's called a randomized double-blinded trial, and that is a placebo-controlled trial, and that can make a lot of people nervous because nobody wants to get a placebo, particularly in arenas where, where you feel so sick. They do exist, and they're actually considered the gold standard of trials because it really gets to the point of looking at the product that's being tested. Does it work or not? And so these things are really critically important um, so if, if any of your listeners are interested in clinical trials, I encourage you to look at clinicaltrials.gov um, and really ask the questions about the safety and the monitoring and the interactions that you get with the clinical site um, because without you, we have no way to look at new opportunities, but no one should go into these studies with, without knowing what is being asked. Um, and that way, together we'll be able to find something potentially new and different that could help more people down the line. And so it's, a, it's really a partnership um, instead of just a, a patient and a physician. And I hope that people... Exactly. Thank you so much, Courtney. And at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the microbiome, C. diff, and clinical trials during COVID-19 with our guest, Mrs. Courtney Jones. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. 
opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Handwashing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Handwashing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on handwashing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. And we welcome you all to the program today. And thanks so much for joining us with our special guest, Courtney Jones, Marketing Manager, Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics, a faring company. Courtney is here today discussing the microbiome C. diff and clinical trials during the COVID-19 global pandemic. And at this time, we'd like to reintroduce Courtney back to the program and welcome you back. Thanks so much for joining us today, Courtney. Thanks, and this has been a really great conversation so far, so thanks for the invitation. Oh, you are so welcome, and we look forward to your next rejoin back and um, probably later on this year or next year. You're always welcome. And Courtney, before um, we go any further, I, you know, you do such great work. And if you wouldn't mind explaining to our global listeners, how does rebiotics work through clinical trials now that the COVID-19 has changed so many of our ways uh, and the ways that we operate? That's a really good question. Um, so, you know, the, the philosophy is um, we have a global pandemic going on, but that doesn't mean that other illnesses stop. And so, as we talked about earlier, you know, C. diff is such a intense infection. We can't slow down just because our way of life has changed. So, um, our clinical team, both at Rebiotics and Faring, as well as those that actually run the clinical sites, so the doctors and nurses that we've worked with, have totally changed their way of operating to be able to allow our studies to t continue to go on. Um, those studies get patients with C. diff in the door. Um, they continue to look for ways to find solutions for those folks. 
and I, I can't thank them enough or praise them enough for the activity that they've done. And the most amazing part that I am so proud to share with you is that we're not the only ones that have done that. So um, the whole industry that's looking at the microbiome and the, the groups that are doing clinical studies to try to find ways to solve for C. diff all see this as a need. We all hear the things that your, your patients are saying and that the healthcare providers are saying. And so we're finding a way. Um, we, we've got different ways of collecting data. We've got different ways of contacting the sites all with the social distancing and the the different requirements in mind. If the sites are shut down, what do we need to do to help uh, support those clinical sites so they can continue to do the work that needs to be done in order to get the data back so we can talk about safety? Um, it's, It's been an incredible process. Is it great because there's a pandemic going on? No, but I'm really proud of our efforts and our ability to to find ways to continue to support patients, even though some of it is now from a distance. So we're very lucky in that regard. And and I hope um, that you and your listeners have a similar experience um, because these physicians that we work with and the the different teams that are out in the field are really dedicated to to making sure that we follow through with what we said we were going to do, which is, is continue to work with the C. diff patients. Exactly, and we can't thank you enough and applaud all of your efforts, uh, Courtney, and Rebiotics and Fairing. And like you said, the world is a different place, and everyone is maneuvering through uh, this together and making it work, and we thank you. And, and Courtney, how are Rebiotics and Fairing working to turn the potential of the microbiome into reality? Yeah, it's it's really comes down to our clinical studies um, and to continue to try to do the research and collect the knowledge and share that knowledge with the field um, to really make the microbiome something that is is out there for C. diff patients, and then that in turn sets it up for how exciting the future of the microbiome is. So, C. diff is is a perfect example of something that that gives us insight into the potential while also potentially helping people at the same time. So we're looking at that power of that microbiome and whether or not it's safe. Um, and then also dreaming about what it could do for other patients outside of the C. diff arena as well. Um, and both Faring and Rebiotics are, as one company, um, wholly dedicated to that. So we've got team members all over the world um, that are, are pulling for C. diff patients and that they're really hopeful in the work that we do. Um, and, and we're all working together to try to put that information forward to make a compelling argument to say that the work that we're doing is going to bring uh, a new option forward to, to patients. So we're really working on that. Um, there's obviously some challenges with, with COVID. Um, we will find solutions because patients deserve to have that, and it's, it's up to us to put that work in and that effort in to find those opportunities. Um, and then we'll see where we go from here. Uh, we've got some really great information on our website about the research that we've done in addition to C. diff, both in how the microbiome has changed over time for, for people that are participating in our studies, as well as um, some of the ways that we think the microbiome could be potentially important for other uh, infections and other diseases as well. Um, and that's really where we stand. I mean, 
Faring's uh, philosophy is people come first, and they really live up to that, especially when it comes to finding ways to help patients. And I'm, I'm both proud and excited to be working on that with them side by side. So. Thank you so much, Courtney. And Courtney, we're two minutes away from closing the program today. And do you have any closing comments that you'd like to share with our global listeners at this time? I'm, I'm excited to say that we're going to be participating in, in the CDF walk. And we'll also be participating in the um, health expo later on in the year. Um, and we will also be celebrating November as CDF Awareness Month. And any opportunity that we have to support you, the CDF Foundation, and CDF patients, we would love to be able to, to participate in and to do and support. Well, I'll tell you, Courtney, we are grateful, as always, to you, the Rebiotics team, and the Ferring Pharmaceutical Company team. And we can't thank you enough for your time, your support, your dedication in this field. And that's what it's all about. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together, and we do. And I thank you for that. And Courtney, can you just uh, give your website to our global listeners? At least they can, you know, maybe reach out to you personally or learn more about Rebiotics and Ferrine Company. Absolutely. So our website is www.rebiotics.com. And Nancy, I'd be happy to give you that, and we can we can post it along with the the replay of this show. And then um, Faring is also uh, working on some more content that will help educate about C diff and how important it is to find solutions for it. Um, and so we'll be able to share that with you as well. Wonderful. We thank you so much, Courtney, and we thank you for joining us today on C diff spores and more, Courtney Jones. And we appreciate and are grateful for your dedication in the healthcare, wellness, and the research and development field and the community. And at this time, the members of the CDIF Foundation would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. To learn more about their products and how Clorox Healthcare is keeping the environment safer, please visit their website, www.cloroxhealthcare.com. And we wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health through research and development for new products. Products to address C. difficile infection prevention, treatments protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials, as Courtney had mentioned earlier, please visit the clinicaltrials.gov website, and also you can visit the C. diff foundation's website, which is cdifffoundation.org. Help them to help you to help others. To learn more about upcoming events, please go to the C. diff foundation's website. These are events that you will not want to miss out on. We send our get well wishes to all patients being treated for and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. On November 23rd, uh, there will be a complimentary registration for all patients and families uh, for the inaugural C. diff patient and family C. diff diff community uh, symposium. And we look forward to having patients and families and anyone who shares the topic of an interest join us on also that day. I'm your host, Nancy Corella, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you a good health, continued healing, and a good day. (music) 
Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We'll be right back. 